Hello, my name is Ken. I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Church Zombies. Now I'm a little right on, right? This is a five-part series of which this is the third episode. So you see, God is not in the business of taking mankind out. He is not in the business of killing, as some have been misled to believe. The John God is love. So now we return to the beginning of this message, which is about church zombies. You can see now, or at least should, that before we were born again, we were just zombies. Why then should we remain as such after our born-again experience? There is a cure to this disease, and his name is Jesus. He works through his church to sanctify us, to equip us, to activate us, to anoint us, and to place us in a body of his choosing that is a church. Organization is not wrong in the context of attending believers, knowing where to go in the church. Who is who? Who does what? Over time, the gifts that the members and leadership have and are anointed to operate in should be evident to all who attend. There should actually not be too many surprises in a service unless God wants to specifically do so. We should all be used to seeing the kingdom of God manifest on a regular. So yes, for these reasons, organizing eliminates the guessing spirit right out of town. However, setting up a system to replace, not supplement, the activities of the Holy Spirit is futile. Every church I have been sent to by God and committed to see it through, with the exception of my first church, a big brand denomination, spoke of and desired that the Holy Spirit be the big guy running the show. Let me say that again. The leadership of the churches that I have attended said that they wanted the Holy Spirit of revival and purpose to run the show. And after more than a decade of being open to the public, they both no longer exist. The large box brand exists because there's enough money to keep the doors open to the zombies of the community. Don't get me wrong, it was my first church, and I was given so much latitude to grow in my gifts. This is way too common and unnecessary. What kind of message does it send to the community of unbelievers? Is it any wonder that they laugh and joke at us? In my last 14-year endeavor at a church, we ended up departing from that way of thinking because in the minds and hearts of the top leadership, there was no money in it. Now, when I say money, I mean butts and seats. You see, and you can't hardly blame them because when the Holy Spirit begins to move, all of the spiritual world pays attention where once you may have never had a sighting of a demon manifestation, and then all of a sudden, there are whole crops of them. Signs, miracles, and wonders galore. And in all of the revivals and awakenings, along with the smaller heroes of faith ministries, i.e. Smith Wigglesworth, there were manifestations that were not from God. The devil is a strategist, you know. Not allowing God to move in service is like telling him you will go to war without ammo. Shout all you want. The devil doesn't have to leave if the Holy Spirit doesn't do the escorting. You think because it's quiet and the Christian weirdos stop showing up that he has left the building. Nope. He stayed and sings that squelchy worship right along with you. The discrepancy in handling these things happens when someone says, leave it alone and let God sort it out. Or let's deal with it right now so that we are not seen as fanatical. Can't we just for a moment get away from being worried about what others think, only to end up abandoning drinking from the never-ending wellspring of life and the Holy Spirit? 
Image is a destroyer of a move of God. Concerning yourself about what others think, about what is going on in your church insofar as the Holy Spirit is concerned, is also a destroyer. Making attempts to reach the more middle-of-the-road believers, who are not typically weird or who have jobs, mostly, depending on your reasoning for doing so, can also be a destroyer. Hanging out with other ministers who are rolling in the cash and have that as a top priority, definitely a destroyer. And oh, by the way, if you have a pastor who is not under covering and who does not keep you informed of the decisions being made in the house, of course it's a destroyer. I can go on, but hopefully you get the point. I have seen these things in action, so no making up theories and hypotheses necessary. For the religiously minded, you know the ones who think that they know how God moves in all situations, this highly intense and emotional activity always ends up being too much and they leave taking their money with them. Revelations 3.17 Because you say, I am rich, I have become wealthy, I have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. This is a yikes moment for them, as it really isn't their money, and how evil is it to attempt to manipulate the Church of God with cash? You see, everyone in the room knows that if the wealthy don't like the direction that the Holy Spirit is taking his church, then there's a huge possibility that you or they will leave, which may end up leaving the church in need of resources. So they make the decision to keep the payers and escort the Holy Spirit out. Deuteronomy 8:18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Now, some may say that I'm off on this, but i got to respond by saying that I cannot believe that I'm the only one who experienced churches falling off their wheels. And after reading nearly 600 books on Christianity in the past 20 years and attending the houses of God, this happens more than you may be aware of. But you don't need me to point that out. Look at the condition of your community. Does it look like a Book of Acts community? If not, bing, do something about it. That's all I'm trying to accomplish here. I know, I know, God has it, but I'm not speaking of that yet. I want to point out how a church can fall into the resources trap. Many of them are on the journey to growing church monstrosities. They all want to grow big, and as some do, the money starts pouring in. Once this happens, there's a spirit of money deceit that can enter into the body, and all of a sudden, and inevitably, the dry preaching lulls the body to sleep in their chairs. The tithe message becomes the most important message of the day. The sheep go to church to take a nap because they know nothing will happen to rouse them out of their lullaby. Matthew 13:22. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Mark 4:19. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in, choking the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Please do not think that I am saying money is evil. I have a message on money that you can give ear to for a deeper message on the subject. It's not the focus of this message. So I can go into this matter in great depth, and in no way is this a comprehensive answer to the reasons why we humans organize the Holy Spirit right out of our presence. But this is a small snippet which includes my personal church experiences and what I have researched on the matter. That it happens, 
and money was a hidden weapon that was fashioned. And when the Holy Spirit left, that weapon prospered. Isaiah 54, 17. So in talking about church zombies, we see one of the primary ways we end up being totally and completely ineffective as a warring agency is that we are unaware that Jesus has equipped us with all manner of weaponry to daily live and fight, and that he expected that we would be thoroughly equipped for every good work by his church. I'm talking about the apostle-level equipping, where you can say or speak, experience, or hear from God, as did Jesus' called-out ones, who, by the way, are just like us. James 5.17 Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Well, that's it for today. I hope you're sticking with me and asking God that he would give you revelation from this message. I'm not picking on the church, but like a relationship between a husband and a wife, it takes work to keep it healthy. Somebody has to put their finger on the issue and say, let's deal with it. I'm not anybody special, but it seems right now in this season that I'm called to do that. I hope that I don't offend you. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.